I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys. Regular listeners will know that we stopped the last episode just as I was about to tell you what my Bowie tweet about Glastonbury was. Thankfully, the waiting is over and you can find out now. So Glastonbury, yeah. Yeah. not happening. BBC does a big, uh, okay, best of Glastonbury thing yeah. with uh, Mark, what's his name? Knopfler. Radcliffe uh, and Joe Wiley sitting in a field uh, reminiscing. Blah, right. Blah. And then the other day... They had Bowie's set from 2000, yeah. which, by the way, I don't remember particularly watching at the time. Well, of course, they only showed four of the songs on telly, didn't oh, they? Oh, did they? So he wouldn't allow them to do more than four songs. Right. So that's why, even for us Bowie fans, it wasn't that, it wasn't big, that big a deal. deal. If you weren't there. I wasn't there, and it wasn't that big a deal. that I don't really remember being that excited about it happening, if I'm honest. Well, it's been a sort of rewriting of history. Definitely. Because I've, I've, I've read certain things sort of around the re-showing of it just now, yeah. suggesting that after he was in the doldrums in the 90s, yeah. that his appearance at Glastonbury reignited right. his career. That is not true. It's definitely not true. Partly because, as I say, only four songs were shown. Yeah. Partly because... It's that making that mistake about how well it went down at Glastonbury compared to there was only like one hundred and fifty thousand people there, yeah. right? massive, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and and also, also, I mean, it was good. It's a good show. Yeah. But I'm, I don't know that it's better than quite a lot of shows he was I doing agree. elsewhere at the time. And what revitalised Bowie's career if it, if it was revitalised? Because <laughs> I never, I would say it never got to the level it mm. was in the seventies. But anyway, it was you know a, the albums leading up to the next day and then the next day and Black Star. Yeah. That, uh, not Glastonbury. Definitely not. I also think one of the problems with that performance, which, as I think you, well, as I know you said on Twitter, is on one level extraordinary and, and, and magical because it's just got those songs in it and they just keep coming mm. and they're all so different and so it's kind of wonderful. And the band are pretty good and all that. But the problem is, much as I'd like to I can to name say, quite a lot of them. Gail Ann Dorsey. Gail Ann Dorsey, I think Earl Slick. Oh, yeah, Earl Slick was I think there. it's Mike Garson. On piano, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Who was on drums? Don't know. Um, not one of the people no, you think it, of as on drums. No. But, not um, Carlos Alomar. Well, he's a guitarist. Yes, exactly. That's why he's not on drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't think of him as being on that drums. That gig where the beat kept being missed and was a mess. Who's Carlos the drummer? Alomar. Who's the drummer? Who's uh, the... I just... Can't remember. No, sometimes I don't know. In the be- um, in the great years, who's the drummer? Well, it would be Woody Woodmansey. No, the not spot. that. I don't mean Woody. I mean like what? Like in the seventies? Who's like, the drummer on Low? That's such on, a good question. 
Yeah, but wasn't he on the Five Years documentary quite recently? Uh, that's a really good... Why don't we know that? I don't know. It's slightly embarrassing that we don't. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Um, I've got Dennett in my head. I've got Daniel Dennett in my head, but that might be an atheist <laughs> philosopher. Wasn't he the... Eight- Daniel I thought he was the world's fattest Dennett. man. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we check? Because I now just want to know how close that that's is. Actually, that's Dan- I've got that's... Daniel Dennett in my head. Yeah, that the... is, I may have told you this, and I may have told you this, listeners, before, but my memory has become so shit recently that instead of... Like, I don't like checking on uh, Google all the time. I forgot the name of Google there. Um, and instead, <laughs> instead yeah. I will often, often just try and say the name that's in my head. Is it always Daniel Dennett? It's not always Daniel Dennett. Uh, and so I was trying to remember, thankfully I can remember his name, Grayson Perry's name, okay, quite yeah. recently. And yeah. I said to him, oh, you know what I mean, Bunty Chudley. <laughs> and, and that's just because it sounds rhythmically a bit like it. So I now want to know if Daniel Dennett is anywhere near okay. the person who played drums uh, for Bowie. So drummers for Bowie, that's if I put pretty, that in, yeah. uh, Dennis Davis. That's really good. I wasn't that far. What period was he playing? In the sort of Young Americans Diamond Dogs That's period. That's brilliant. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Dennis Davis. Well, you said Daniel... I said Daniel Dennett. It's yeah. not right, yeah. but it's, yeah, you yeah, know, no, it's, it's, it's better than Bunty Chudley. It's better, and it's better than... The, you know who the, the fattest man in the world was? <laughs> who is the fattest man in the world? In the 70s and 80s, me? I was obsessed with... Is it who? <laughs> is it me? It's <laughs> not you. I, well, I mean, you know it's not you. Just go out into the street. <laughs> you're going to lose that. your crown within yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Daniel Lambert. Is it really? Yeah. And I was always obsessed with him because I think... <laughs> I think we've talked about him before. Have <laughs> we talked about him before? Or are we talking about, what's his name? The, the bloke who wear aeroplanes. Yeah, Mr. Monge <laughs> Mr. Monge Daniel Lambert was a Victorian. <laughs> it must have moved on now because of obesity. <laughs> obesity. Yeah, almost definitely because he's dead. So it will have moved on. No, but I would think that... I would imagine the, the, the title of World's Fattest Man gets changes hands so quickly. It now, does. So, re- so regularly. I'm not sure it's a title anymore. <laughs> world's Fattest Man. What's it that? Because that would be World's Heaviest Man. Well, and also the, be... Daniel, the thing I remember, if you Google him, he always seemed to be wearing, like, okay, breeches. Okay, I'm Googling him. Um, oh. you got... Oh, what you mean between 1770 and 1809? Was it? Was it that? He, yeah. I mean, I, I assumed you meant someone in the 1970s. No, 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 no. Uh, in the way that Jeff Capes was the world's strongest. No, man. no, no. In the on record breakers. All right, fifty-two the... stone, uh, wow. and he was a prison keeper. And yes, I. Oh, right. Yes, I have you seen see, pictures of that. Yeah, man. you will recognise it. I think the one uh, with the red jacket. Yes, the red jacket is. It is really amazing. What's really amazing, if you ever, you might have to go and Google this, listeners. Uh, Daniel Lambert is that um, Daniel Lambert thought, well, what I really want is a portrait of myself. I know. <laughs> that is great. What I really like, I've just seen here, is there is a place you can go. I don't know where it is. It's called the Dime Museum. I believe that's in America. And they've got models here. You can't see it, Tim. Okay. But they've got models of, of Daniel, uh, Lambert. Daniel Lambert just sitting there. And right. he's sitting there with the elephant man. Wow, really? So not only is that amazing. brilliant because it looks ridiculous, it's a Bowie reference. Of course it is, yeah. It's yeah. a Bowie reference. Yeah. Uh, because of course Bowie played the Elephant Man on yeah. Broadway really quite I wish he'd played Daniel whisper Lambert. it really quite badly I wish he'd played uh, Daniel Lambert that would have been better that would have been fantastic it was, it was... so let's get on with my yeah. tweet and my tweet said I'm going to suggest lots of people were tweeting about it and sort of tweeting about Bowie in this way that people do when he comes back into their consciousness that's just like the noise 
Right. Me and you, I think, is that suddenly people who you think like, are they proper Bowie fans? Yeah, of course. Will start saying, how can we carry on living without David Bowie? Have we have yeah. we managed to get this far yeah. into the future since yeah. 2006? I bet their favourite song is Starman. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, and actually, I think that's possibly why I tweeted what I did, the way it goes, right. you'll see. Right. It moves more okay. and more into obscurity. Although right. I think one of the problems with the tweets, as you, we can discuss, are they aren't obscure enough, the songs I go for. There's one okay. obscure one. But, um, so I say I'm going to suggest that only David Bowie could play a two-hour Glastonbury set and every song is a banger and you've still only scratched the surface of his bangers. That got 21,000 likes. Is that, uh, that's a lot, is it? It's a particular know. lot because I thought the way I've put that is like deliberately like it's a bit naughty. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. like, a, like scratch the surface of his bangers. Yeah. Sounds like something you'd say in a 1970s sitcom yeah, and the audience would laugh. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't seem to be... That's not what took. Right. It's just people accepted that as a thing about David Bowie. And there was lots of people saying, well, most people agreed. There were quite a few people who were suggesting other things. So who do you think came up a lot? Um, well, Paul McCartney? He didn't. I mean, the Beatles sort of come up. Yeah. And I suppose you could include him, but he, not so much, no. Uh, Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. He does come up. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Uh, I'm thinking, well, solo artists. Yeah. Well, no, no, and bands. Oh, well, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones didn't come up that much. Oh, okay. Mm. There's one person who comes up the most. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm not looking at the obvious here. Uh, who would that well, be? Well, Bruce Springsteen came up quite a lot. I okay. think that's bollocks. Right. I think Bruce Springsteen is the archetypal, along with maybe Van Morrison, 12 good songs. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, and Queen come up as well, 12 good songs. All greatest right. hits albums. Bob Dylan, I agree. I mean... Unlistenable now, but certainly more than twelve yeah. songs. A lot more than twelve songs. So there's another, artist, that came up there's another artist. I I mean I really like this artist. I'm not sure, and probably people will find this sacrilegious. I'm not sure he's more than twelve good songs. Bloody hell! So but, it's a solo male, but, but he's very hallowed. Um, I think these bits where I, we get to each other to guess and there's just long silences. <laughs> I don't know the listeners like them that much. Well, so I'm just I'm just gonna tell you guess. See if you think they do or not. <laughs> Should we just leave a long time? Uh, it's Prince. Okay. Now, uh, I think Prince is brilliant. I'm not sure that... I definitely think he's up there with Bowie yeah. in terms of an incredible amount of great songs. He was a brilliant performer, and he did write yes. lots of good songs. I found, I found with Prince, it was a bit like when I showed my kids The Pink Panther years ago and right. said, you're going to love this, and I thought, oh, God, this is terrible. Hmm. It's not terrible. I, I think The Pink Panther's brilliant. Okay, well, for okay. them... Can I disagree quite, with that? Okay. They didn't enjoy it. Do you want, can I tell you something? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is quite a big digression. I have a friend called Emily Dean who is um, on Frank Skinner's radio show. Okay. Yeah? And I went for a walk with her during lockdown. Uh, and I happened to have just seen The Life and Loves of Peter... No, it was called The Comic Ecstasy of Peter yeah. Sellers, which was a documentary about Peter Sellers that was on BBC Two or something. Yes. And I was disappointed with that documentary because it was really just about the women in his life. Right. And I thought, no, it's called The Comic Ecstasy of Peter Sellers. It should be about something, about what an incredible comic genius he was. And the reason I particularly think he's a comic genius, Peter Sellers, is to do with the Pink Panther. Okay. Because they just showed a tiny bit of it because they were a bit like, well, we're not going to talk about the Pink Panther. Mm. That's a bit like talking about Starman, if you're Bowie. Yeah, right. right. We're going to talk about Lynn Frederick or whatever. Yeah. But it showed this bit where... Clouseau is talking to someone and he leans on a globe. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. And he falls yeah, down because amazing. the globe spins and then he gets up again. And yeah. I said, I said to her, the thing about him that was amazing and why he's so funny 
is not that he falls over. Lots of people fall over. Right. Right. And and people go on about Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, but they just really fall over in very mm. extravagant mm. ways. What's brilliant about him is his dignity. Right. What's brilliant is that even when he's falling yes. over, he retains an absolute right. sense that he is the greatest detective in the world and he's still very dignified no matter what happens to right. him. And that's always hilarious. Anyway, the really incredible thing is, is that she then said, yes, I, I wonder if my dad interviewed Peter Sellers. Her dad was a guy called Michael Dean, uh, who was on whatever it was, um, late night lineup in the okay. 60s. And yeah. he interviewed lots of people. Yeah. Over the years, lots of famous people. And I said, oh, yeah, go and have a look, right? That night, she she emails me a link and says, look at this. Look at 405 on this. And it's her dad interviewing Pete Sellers, and he says, the thing I love about Clouseau is his dignity. Wow. That's what makes him brilliant. Yeah, that's why I love playing him. Yeah. So I had to tell you that, because no, no, I, I, I love that, that so yeah. much. Well, uh, I may reassess, although I think I love the Pink Panther, but my kids didn't. Yes. And similarly... I mean, that's a long diversion. You no, still, okay. you've still held the Similarly, thought. Similarly, yeah. I said, you should listen to print. Yeah. And I realised, yeah, I love print, but it's quite hard. It's quite 80s in sound. Yeah. It's, quite, it's just, it's quite, it, it doesn't catch on in a way when you play. You know, well, well, I think that the, the brilliant songs, you know, Kiss and Purple Rain yeah. and Sometimes It Snows in April yeah. are, are amazing yeah. but I don't think my point about Bowie and we're coming to an old point now about yeah. Bowie that I think I've made maybe a million times yeah. is that actually what's extraordinary about him is not all the shape shifting and all the character stuff yes. uh, it's the I think he's beyond anyone else in the amount of great songs he wrote uh, and, and like, I was listening to Blood on the Tracks yesterday yeah. and it's a very good Bob Dylan album yeah. and I, it's still got about four songs on it that are just total rubbish yeah Right, yeah. you know, shelter from the storm, idiot wind. They, these are not very good songs. They're not up there with um, tr- uh, tangled up in blue and the five really good songs. Yeah, but Ziggy Stardust, every song's brilliant. Every song. Right, Aladdin Sane, every song's brilliant. Yeah. I would say apart from the cover, uh, you know, fucking hunky dory. Every every uh, you know album after album, yeah. every song is brilliant. And I think he's the only person who can say that off. So anyway, well, that's I've... why as I was watching it and thinking, you didn't do day in day out. I'm happy to say yes. A Day in Day Out is basically his worst song. And it became very puzzling that the guy, I mean, I don't know why I would choose this song, but the guy who wrote Lady Grinning Soul yeah. also did Day in Day Out. And yes. that's something we all have to live with. And we yes. Just will, we just have to deal with that. Well, I, I'm lying, of course, when I say every song's a banger. Because it's it not, did include, yeah. in the Glastonbury set, it included I'm Afraid of Americans, yeah. which is all right, but it's not yeah, a great song, not, not and Little Wonder. Which is a good song. Yeah. I've come round to Little Wonder, actually. But yeah. it's not... Yeah, I mean, there were lots it's of... definitely not... A but thing. never mind that. Yeah. I say the set didn't include... So I'm yeah. trying to make my point. Right. And you know this, because you've seen the tweet. Yeah. Scary Monsters, Oh You Pretty Things, Quicksand, Jean Genie, Sweet Things, Five Years, Young Americans, Time, Sound of Vision, Be My Wife, Modern Love, Lady Stars, Space Oddity, and Bangers He Hadn't Written Yet, like, Where Are We Now? Uh, now, then you queried on Instagram, I think, uh, yeah, Be My Wife. And said I that, did. and actually, you worried me. And later on on Twitter, you may not have noticed this. I said this has been bothering me for a while, and I'd like to replace "Be My Wife" okay. with "Drive In Saturday." Okay, good. No, I mean, you just—it's not doesn't take you long to find another great song. No, but that's you a know, solid choice, yeah. Question. But actually, I still don't agree with you about "Be." You said "Be My Wife" was Bowie's laughing gnome. Very clever. I, um, I, but, I, but it's not. It's not a silly song. It's not. Well, I—I I suppose I think it is a bit silly. Do you? Be my wife, and I suppose that's why. Because. It's, I, I would say Low is an album 
with not a lot of silly songs. No, well, not compared to, say, the early Derham albums. No, partly I think it's about context, which is that that album, Low, is so Euro-cool and so... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So wonderfully steely, but also deeply emotional. That Be My Wife just seems to stand out like a piano being dropped. Why, though? What about the lyrics? Or... It's partly the barrel piano. It's right. partly the slightly cheery pub. And it's sort of his delivery, which I've always thought is that sort of mockney... Um, you know, he did that motley thing quite a lot. And what's <laughs> astonishing about yeah, but in that Glaston performance, he's really he's doing, just it. doing it. He's really overdoing it. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's because round about that time, Bowie accepted. We've I think we talked about this. I'm going to be the Bowie that people want. I'm going to stop trying to be yeah. like you know drum and bass or yeah. grunge or trying to keep up with the kids. Yeah. I'm going to be David Bowie because yeah. actually that's really okay. No, no, I think, and I think that was him really starting yeah. to do that. And I find Be My Wife just a bit of a sort of tough thumber, and it just never really moved me. And I think I think the point obviously I'm making is Laughing Gnome is not his Laughing Gnome. Yeah, I think I get that obviously. point. So and that more more yeah. So then you'll know this, you'll understand this. Yes, yeah. um, that I thought. I'm making the point about how Bowie's got so many great songs, but yeah. I'm still naming a lot of pretty Route One songs yeah. here. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, and I don't like doing that because I'm right. me, and you know, David Bowie is uh, someone who I have to show my aficionado yeah. thing. So I say, and then one or two on this that I now feel like, God, what do I include that for? Because I'm trying to do the fucking, you know, yeah, Route Seven, seven right. ones. <laughs> Obviously, an aficionado not play set. This would include Beaulieu Brothers, Moonish Daydream, which is the worst. Right, Moonish Daydream. What do you mean it's the worst? No, it's the best. I mean, great song. The worst, not obvious one. Oh, I see. I'm trying to include yeah. not obvious ones. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I should have put conversation piece there. Yeah, and I didn't. in a circle, could you put? Well, no, I put All the Madmen, yeah. Letter to Hermione, When You Rock and Roll With Me. Here's a good one. Who Can I Be Now? Gooster version. No, I like that. Not Gouster, yeah. I say Gooster. <laughs> 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 Always crashing in the same car, repetition. TVC 15. Yeah. I mean, I could have gone on. No, obviously. but then you get, but yeah, there's a number of them. You go to Route 58, but I mean, yeah. Yes, I mean, there are quite a lot that I'm still, I think I'm still thinking, oh, I can't go really obscure because this is sort of a public space and people will be reading this. And if I go really obscure, will they even know what I'm on well, about? It depends because, 
depends what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to show here's some bangers you might not even have heard of. Yeah, well, I'm sort of trying to say that. Well, I'm, I'm sort of showing off, really. I'm showing off. I'm saying. Celebrate. I'm still, I'm still saying Bowie's got loads of brilliant songs, but yeah. by now I'm saying, and here are some brilliant songs that most people won't even have heard of. Yes, yeah, you yeah. Know, and that's why Moonies Daydream is yeah. a bit rubbish in that, yeah. in that, in that list. For some reason, it seems to me I didn't go for what's a good example? Black country rock. Black country rock. Yes, I didn't go for that. I didn't go for song to song for Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Um, Janine. Ja- Janine, I don't really like. <laughs> Janine, I would say, is David Bowie's Be My Wife. (laughs) Why, oh, why did he not end on Signet Committee? Or whatever. Paul Mason, who is a very hardcore left-wing bloke, Corbynista bloke, but who seems to have started to like me recently, uh, tweeted me to say exactly that. I missed Wild-Eyed Boy from Free Cloud, which which I have to say is pretty good. And when he does it live on Ziggy Stardust, it's amazing. No, I don't mean it's pretty good. I mean it's pretty good of Paul Mason right. to name check Wild Eyed Boy from Free Class. That's what you mean. Yeah. If we're, if we're talking about yeah, obscure yeah. Bowie yeah. tracks. Yes, yeah. no, no, that, that, that's right. Um, so, what I noticed I... is there was a diminishing return because mm. 21,000 likes for the first one, 3,000 for the second, oh. and by the time I got onto my aficionado nice. set, that's it's 1,000 likes. Right. And by the time I got onto my correction right. of the aficionado likes, we right. should say I'd like to replace Be My Wife with. Driver's Hat, it, like it was like 300 likes and people had moved on. People were making their way to the main stage. <laughs> totally <laughs> making their way to the main stage. While we're talking about that, we've talked before about Mor- the Morrissey and Bowie tour, yeah. where Morrissey got pissed off. We've talked about it. Do you yeah. remember? Yes. They, they used to finish with Cosmic Dancer right. by Thank You For Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and if only they'd finish with Thank You For Goodbye. <laughs> uh, and Morrissey would sing a bit of it and then Bowie would come on and Morris would go off and Bowie would start his set. And eventually Morrissey got pissed off because he never got his cheer. Right, right. right. So on at David Bowie News, who I follow, yeah. uh, they'd put up some video of that. And I've seen it before, but they said include some backstage video as well. <laughs> so I went to look at it, and it's Bowie and Morrissey singing, fine. Then there's bits of Bowie backstage talking, fine. I'm going to turn it off, it's not that interesting. Suddenly, for no explained reason, there's sparks the band Sparks yeah. are suddenly standing around in the corridor outside right. David Bowie's dressing right. room. Bowie's gone. It's the bloke with the moustache from yeah, Sparks yeah, and the yeah. other bloke from Sparks. Yeah. No explanation. And I have, in fact, asked Jonathan Ross, I may have to ask Edgar Wright, these are people who know about Sparks, if they know what they were doing there. Well, either they were visiting, paying their respects, you mean, or they were playing, or, or... I don't think they were playing. I've asked that question. I, I can know... not name a single Sparks track. Not even that one. It's totally big enough for the both of us. So it is. Yeah, yeah. I've got all my money back now. Um, well, it was going to go to the NHS, so... <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, can I'm... you can you name either member of Sparks? Absolutely not. Ron Mayle. Yes, of course. And, and the yeah. other one. <laughs> uh, David Jeffries. Yes. Um... <laughs> when I was a kid, I do remember when... Um, this talent big enough that both of us came out. And there was quite a lot of stuff at my school, conviction that the bloke with the moustache was trying to be Hitler. Yeah, definitely. That's but he wasn't. Thing. Well... He just had a moustache. Yeah, but he had... A little moustache. He had a really It may moustache. have been simply that that was the first time since the Second World War that anyone on but television they, sported a little moustache who wasn't trying to be Hitler. Well, we... I mean, like, made up as Hitler. Or, if you're not... I would. My advice for anyone trying not to be Hitler is don't have a little <laughs> moustache that's exactly like Hitler. That's like the one. But that's thing a bit unfair. Let's imagine, not Ron Mayle, That's the singer. Whatever his name is. Yeah. From Sparks. The, the other one. The other guy. Daniel Let, Jeffries. 
let's imagine. Let's imagine. I don't know if this is true about him, but let's imagine. Yeah. He really fucking suits a small massage. Right. That's just the way his face is. Right. right. Are you saying that what? 1975, like 30 years after the war, yeah. he can't go on television with a little moustache. Because people at a school in Wilson will say, I think he's trying to be Hitler. By the way, it was a Jewish well, school. Well, it was a school in West Sussex as well. So there's two schools we know for sure <laughs> yeah. all thought he was trying to be Hitler. I would say nobody's face, including Hitler's, and it's not the worst thing he did, but suited a little moustache. <laughs> nobody's Hitler. face is calling out for a tiny moustache. You say that, but... I mean, I do think I do think Hitler had a really weird look, and it's amazing the Germans didn't think, "What the fuck?" It's amazing, but nonetheless, it clearly works at some level. His look, his his look definitely caught on. Definitely definitely at the time and in the place, you might say, commanded some authority (laughs) and and maybe even fear. Yeah. So I get that, but I don't think anyone's crying out for that. I also think if you're going to wear a, what have you do? Do you wear a moustache if you're going to sport sport grow a? I mean. Here's the proof of it. You just—it's the best way to describe it is a Hitler moustache, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's how, it wasn't a Hitler moustache. It's slightly more Dali-ish than that. I mean, I know Hitler was a bigger figure in 20th century history than Dali, and probably when I was seven, I hadn't heard of Salvador Dali, but I think right. he was going more for Dali right. than Hitler. Mr. Well, Mr. Sparks. Yeah, well, look, be an apologist all you like. <laughs> what I'm saying is... <laughs> If it smells like a Hitler moustache, yeah, and I mean, that's like hey, a Hitler moustache. I've done the documentary. I do the Nazi hunting normally, so you know. Yeah, well, it's almost like you're Nazi hunting, and you've asked the, the one person for directions. Which way did they go? And with his little moustache, saying that way, you that haven't way. Even he's gone that way. He's lifted his arm really high, and he's said that way over there. Anyway, look, we we're gonna have to stop Fancy because you need to go home. But what, 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 what were your things? I was gonna say two things. One about the Bowie thing, which is ultimately. Excited as I was to see that Glastonbury performance, and it's lovely to see those uh, songs, I honestly found it slightly underwhelming in the sense that I, I, it's all about the songs, but it's not just all about the songs of David, is it? And his hair was terrible. Uh, you know what? It really upset me I, I do his think, was. I do think, because one of the things that people say about Bowie, again, who don't quite know Bowie, but it is 90% true, is they say he always looked brilliant. Yeah, like he, amazing. Like even in the seventies, yeah. when everyone else yeah. looked terrible, and in the seventies, yeah. he did look really brilliant. Did. When everyone else looked terrible, I would say that and it's two thousand. So for for people of our age, it doesn't even feel that long ago, no. even though it is. I would say that weird long jacket, that, that, it was that a terrible top, look, and that hair was an utterly terrible. It was terrible really, look. really bad. It was like someone in their sixties or trying, something trying to be cool, trying to be cool. And I think the hair looked bad. He looked like he was doing a collaboration with M and S. You know, that yeah. coat just looked so... Not with M&M. <laughs> it was like, I'd take that. It was like, it was just so safe. And yeah. so actually, I found it really quite hard to watch. I did think, watching the BBC output, I thought, will they keep in? Because I knew it was coming. The impression of a Chinese girl. Does he do an impression of yes. a China girl? Yes. And does I thought, he? wow, yeah. Like, it's a proper cartoon. Well, he does one. Yeah. He goes, when he goes, just you shut your mouth. Yes. Did you not notice it? Oh, I didn't watch it all. I didn't see China okay. girl. so... It is, it is like it's proper sort of mimicking. Does he do that on China? I know, I can't remember. He he does it. No, he doesn't do it in a. He does it in. I think he does it in a. He does it more as a just you. He does it in his own voice. Did you see the story he told, which was very David, and I I did think this is so amazing. Like because we talked about how David Bowie, how much we love him, not really that funny. Now I've done gigs where things haven't gone that well, right? But 
not in front of 150,000 people. Mm. And he told that story, you may remember, about last mm. time I played Glastonbury, there was a girl yeah, who came yeah, yeah. on stage yeah. and joined in with those new pretty Dutch. things and Dutch girl and blah, yeah. blah. So I wanted to bring that because in case you're out there, yeah. dear, I know. let me, don't, don't interrupt me this time. Literally nothing. It was total <laughs> tumbleweed. It was like a politician joke. It was yeah. terrible. But if you're out there, dear, he actually says. <laughs> that's because I think he just doesn't know who he is so often, doesn't he? Like, because who would say dear? Yeah. It would be, again, yeah. a sort of 60-year-old yeah. entertainer in the 50s. That's really fair. I was like, dear. Why are you saying dear? And he even says, if I'm, he even says the reason I'm telling you this is yeah, he you know, does. he's yeah. conscious yeah. that like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Because it goes on too long. Yeah. It's in it's in it's in between song banter, which by the way, is there a I mean there are some pop stars who do that, aren't there? What? Quite a lot. In between song chat. It's yeah. quite a thing. Yeah. Like Neil Young I on his yeah. totally brilliant live thing. Uh oh, I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> it's a he's there's a Neil Young live thing from some hall in Toronto. I can't okay. remember it. Uh and on the track listing on Spotify. And you see this quite often. On the, there's like one minute intro okay. to expecting to fly or whatever. Yeah. And every so often I thought, oh, okay, listen to that. And they, oh, why am I listening to yeah. this? Right? And is there? And I'm not talking about yeah, yeah. sort of a novelty. Someone who is actually funny who does songs, Bill Bailey, obviously brilliant or whatever. Not yeah, talking about is that. there someone? I mean, like... is there an actual rock pop artist who you would want to listen to That's their so between song chat? To. Like the other day, I listened to Joni Mitchell, who I absolutely loved, yeah, on some song. London live thing that she did in 1970. Right. Again, I just thought, please, Joni, please sing. Please don't tell me any more about how you wrote the song. I suppose roughly and, it comes under the heading of, you know, they tend to be just better than anyone else at one thing. Yeah. And so you don't really want to hear an artist speak. You don't really want to hear a, um, a great orator sing, frankly. No. So, but Dave, so I don't, David did quite a lot of it. He did quite a lot of it, and and, and you're right. And I wonder if you, it almost goes in and out of fashion because there are times when you feel he's doing it more and it's expected more. But I think, you know, he does it, obviously, on things like that um, VH1 storyteller. Yeah, yeah, well, that's different. Though, yes, that's, that's different. different. Yeah. That's my point. Is that that's, But that's, again, like slightly... Because that was quite recent. Yeah. Right? From, I mean, from, really from the Glastonbury thing. So it might be that he did that yeah. and he thought, I'm quite good at this. Right, and people right. quite like this, which yeah. they do in an intimate setting. They like me so much they go entirely silent. Yeah. yeah. But then he didn't think, no, hang on, there's 150,000 people here. The, the anecdote's not going to work. Yeah. It works only well, in a small okay. setting. I'll tell you who seemed to be pretty good at it is the Beatles. Because really I think? I think they were well, quite just funny. From that, just from that rattle your jewellery joke. <laughs> is that what you're basing this on? But they seem quite funny. And when they were at the cavern and everything, well, um, they partly did that, shout at the audience, and they were quite interactive. You know. So I think there was a bit of that. But I think, generally speaking, it's bad. Well, I saw Shed 7 quite a few times because I like Shed 7. Wow. Rick Witter's quite funny. Is he? Yeah, I can't name anyone else in the band. I can't name Rick Witter. I mean, now I can, because yeah. you just said it. Okay. But I would never have okay. been able to, although I do like Chasing Rainbows. It's We saw them at the Roundhouse when gigs were allowed last year, and um, everyone kept singing Chasing Rainbows for about 10 minutes after. It's amazing. It's but, a beautiful song, yeah. Um, and but he, he did was some... quite funny, and he, used, he gave out snooker scores during the break, which was a new one on me, because there was a snooker tournament going, but he's very informal, but right. it was funny. But I think generally they're bad as it. My final yeah. testable comment is that you are... I'm not saying you're funny to me because that's too open to challenge. Yeah. You're much more famous than me. You've yeah. played more gigs. Yeah. But I did play Latitude once 
with your BBC with band, not BBC, band with your TV, TV type. Yeah. And if you go onto YouTube, oh, is it there? if you want to hear a really bad, which I'm sure you do, Marcus Brigstock singing uh, You Can't Always Get What You Want with absolute gusto and commitment, yeah. but arguably in, a, in, arguably in a slightly different key to the way the Stones did it, it's up there. Is that you? Um, I'm, well, I'm playing guitar. What's it? What's the link? It's called No Expectations. You have to go No Expectations Latitude, Marcus Brigstock, somewhere okay. in that. I think we might go out of it, the actual thing. And what I would say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is um, it was really, really bad when David Bowie told that anecdote, but it probably wasn't as bad as this. <laughs> Absolutely no question. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.